I watched the move of his spirit here today. Vi la movida de su espíritu aquí hoy. I've observed some of you through the years. Some of you are newer. He observado muchos de ustedes durante los años, algunos un poco más nuevos. I saw uh, Jacob in one of his first encounters with God. Via Jacob en uno de sus primeros encuentros con el Señor. That night that he, uh, one of his earliest, if you please, uno de sus más tempranos encuentros, he knew God, he knew somewhat of the things of God, but he never anticipated the transformation that would take place in his life. Jacob conoció a Dios tal como lo conoció las cosas de Dios, pero nunca anticipó la transformación que iba a ocurrir en su vida. The process of formation that would take place. El proceso de esa formación que se iba a realizar. As a matter of fact, we find him after dreaming of the ladder that had the angels descending and ascending uh, into heaven, from heaven and, and up into heaven. Lo vemos a él dormido, soñando con aquella escalera donde descendían y ascendían los ángeles. And when he woke up, his statement, Brother May, was, surely the presence of the Lord was here, and I knew it not. God was here in some way, and I didn't quite grab it. Dijo Jacob en ese momento cuando se despertó, seguro que la presencia de Dios estuvo aquí, y yo no la capté, no la reconocí. But you fast forward and now you see a man who's struggling with his identity and looking for that change. Understanding his destiny now requires that he deal with all of the things that need to be dealt with for him to become who God wants him to be. Nos adelantamos a otro lugar y ahora encontramos un hombre luchando con su identidad. Luchando para aceptar la nueva identidad que Dios le quiere dar, tratando de reconciliar todas sus faltas. A man struggling with his weaknesses, with his failures, with the very definition of his name, supplanter, deceiver. Un hombre luchando con sus fallas de carácter, sus flaquezas. La definición de su propio nombre, el engañoso, el mentiroso. And he lays it all out. And he gets a revelation. And with that revelation, he gets a name change. Amen. Y lo pone todo en la línea. Se abre completamente al Señor. Y en ese momento recibe una revelación. Y con aquella revelación recibe un nuevo nombre. Now he is no longer Jacob, the supplanter. Now he is Israel. Whereas a prince, he now has power with God and with men. What a change. What a journey. What a revelation. 
De repente ya no es Jacob, el engañoso, el mentiroso. Ahora su nombre es Israel, un príncipe que ahora tiene poder con Dios y con los hombres. Qué transformación, qué cambio, pero qué jornada. You don't have to stand today. I want to read to you from Romans 4. I want to give you a perspective on how God sees you so that hopefully you'll also try to see yourself the same way. Hoy voy a tomar una lectura, no tienen que ponerse de pie, pero quiero enseñarles algo aquí de la manera en que Dios te ve, cómo nos observa, qué es lo que Él ve cuando nos mira, para que tú posiblemente también empieces a mirarte por ese mismo lente. I walk around this place and I've seen your journeys and I want to help you a little bit in light of where this church is moving in the spirit as our senior pastor and, and our team are taking us to places that we've never been. This journey requires a process of formation and transformation. En luz de lo que está pasando con esta iglesia, la dirección en la que nos estamos moviendo con el liderazgo de nuestro pastor y el equipo ministerial de esta iglesia, es necesario pasar este proceso de formación y de transformación porque vamos a donde nunca antes hemos ido. He has afforded us a measure of anointing that we have yet to meet scriptural conditions to be able to allow him to release it upon us. How many understand that? And so he is coming and we are moving and we are reaching a point of intersection. Today was one of those moments where heaven and earth intersected in this place. Can you say amen to that? Entonces estamos moviéndonos, él tiene tanto ungimiento que nos quiere dar, pero tenemos que cumplir las condiciones de la palabra. En este proceso, hoy tuvimos uno de esos momentos cuando la, tie la tierra y el cielo se ligaron aquí por este momento. ¿Cuántos lo creen? And so, in Romans 4, I apologize for my voice. I've been preaching from the West Coast to the East Coast to Texas and I'm trying to, I'm trying to save it for the next trip, but I won't give it to you just as it is. As it is written, Romans 4, Verse 17. Así como está escrito, dice la palabra en Romanos 4 y 17. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. I want you to pay close attention to that last phrase. He calls the things which be not as though they were. Dice la palabra delante de aquel en quien creyó, es decir, a Dios que da vida a los muertos y llama a las cosas que no existen como si existieran, o las cosas que no fuesen como si fueran. He makes a declaration 
according to the counsel of his own will. Él hace una declaración de acuerdo con el consejo de su propia voluntad. That's what the word says. That's how he acts. He is God. He is all-knowing. All wisdom dwells in him. He speaks and he makes a declaration. Regardless of where something is or the state of it. And declares it in a different state or condition or form. He sees it. And therefore he declares it. Are you listening? Yes, es el Altísimo. Que con ese mismo consejo, siendo él el que tiene toda sabiduría y entendimiento y conocimiento, ve algo en un estado específico, pero declara. Su voz declara. Lo declara en otra condición, en otra postura, en otra manera. And then the scripture goes on here. To speak of Abraham's faith in the matter. Y la escritura va y continúa a declarar la fe de Abraham en esto. And you'll notice some of the statements that are made here. And I'm just going to paraphrase to save time. God here inspiring Paul to write these scriptures. Says that Abraham against hope believed in hope. Quiero que vean lo, lo, lo que dice, lo que declara Dios de Abraham en estos versos aquí, inspirando a Pablo a que escribiera la Sagrada Escritura. El que contra esperanza creyó en esperanza. It goes on down another verse or so and it says, Who being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Un hombre que no se debilitó en fe, y se rehusó a considerar su cuerpo que ya estaba muerto. Remember, God gave him a promise of a child and the guy was supposedly too old to have kids. No se olviden, Dios le hizo una promesa que tendría un hijo. Pero ya estaba demasiado viejo para que su cuerpo pudiera engendrarlo. And then the scripture goes on to say, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Dice también que nunca se tropezó con flaqueza. Nunca se tropezó en cuanto a la promesa de Dios por medio de incredulidad. It goes on further and says, and he was fully persuaded that what God said he was going to do, he would do. Y va a un otro punto más, un cuarto punto y dice... Que él estaba totalmente convencido, persuadido, que lo que Dios había declarado lo haría. That's the image we get. Marcus, this is so cool. That's the image that we get of a man through God's lens. The way God chose to see him. Are you listening? Esa es la imagen de un hombre que vemos por medio del de lente de Dios. La mirada y como Dios decidió observarlo, verlo y, y, y identificarlo. But there's a problem with that. Because if you read about Abraham in the Old Testament, 
We don't see the same guy. Bear with me. Pero en el Antiguo Testamento, el mismo Abraham no se ve de la misma manera. He is flawless and full of faith in the discourse I just read. Es un hombre sin falta y lleno de fe en el discurso que acabo de leer. But to move to the Old Testament and you see a man with a lot of different problems making bad choices. Pero en el Antiguo Testamento vemos un hombre lleno de faltas y flaquezas hasta haciendo malas decisiones. We see a man who when the famine came to Canaan, instead of trusting God to supply his needs, he went on to Egypt to see if he could find sustenance there at the hand of man. Vemos un hombre que cuando vino el hambre a Canaán, decidió en cambio de confiar en Dios por su sustento, se fue para Egipto buscando sustento de parte del hombre. We find him putting his wife in jeopardy, his whole journey in jeopardy, when he lied about his wife to Abimelech in the Negev. A man operating in fear rather than faith. Bear with me. Vemos un hombre que en el Negev en peligro a su esposa y su matrimonio y su jornada completa mintiendo al rey Abimelech. He lied to a king and for fear of man. And last but not least, in a moment in a critical moment of weakness, he chose to create his version of God's promise. Hello. Pero en un momento de flaqueza, él hizo la decisión de crear con su propia mano la promesa que Dios había dado. And poof, Ishmael. Y así mismo, nace Ismael. Well, I can say poof in Spanish. It's poof. Do we have a contradiction here? No, we don't. Hay una contradicción aquí? No. But this is what I'm trying to convey to you with my introduction about Jacob. And for that matter, with anybody and how God chooses to look at us. You see... God chooses to bless us not based on the circumstances that we usually think. Pero esto viene al caso del punto que hice con Jacob y como Dios decide y elige observarnos y vernos. No como pensamos muchas veces que Él decide que nos va a bendecir o no. God does not bless you or refuse to bless you or withhold blessing in your life based on your bad decisions, your failures, your mistakes, or any good thing that you've ever done. He doesn't base 
how he views you or whether he blesses you or not based on all of those lies, those religious lies. You can't earn his blessing. You can't earn anything by works. You, but, but by the same token, he won't stop blessing you because you've made mistakes either. It's not about that. Are you following me here? Él no te bendice basado en tus obras. No te bendice basado en tus buenas decisiones y, y esas mentiras religiosas que dicen que si haces esto, esto y eso, Dios te va a bendecir y te vas a salvar. Nadie se gana su salvación por ninguna obra. Buena obra. Pero tampoco necesariamente te detiene o te retiene la bendición por malas decisiones o por flaquezas o por tus caídas. God chooses to see you and bless you. Listen now. Dios decide verte y bendecirte. Not by any of those standards. No por esas normas. He chooses to bless you out of your potential. Follow me now. El decide bendecirte de acuerdo con tu potencial. In other words, he chooses to see what you can be by the covenant he made with you. And therefore, you can see why he only highlighted the faith of Abraham. He knew and made place for his humanity, but he laid it aside because that was not the standard by which he was going to bless or curse. The standard by which he was going to bless or curse would be based on Abraham's faith, his points of obedience, and all the things that he did right. God's not looking to knock you down for what you've done wrong. He looks at you with your potential. He's looking at the good stuff that you're doing. He made a way for your humanity, not to justify it and to continue in sin that grace may abound, but rather, I know you're going to mess up, but I made a promise. I know you're going to make mistakes, but I gave you a covenant, and I will honor that covenant. And too many of us are battling with that, and we're stuck in our mistakes. El dijo, el declaró, no te voy a bendecir o quitar bendición basado en tus errores. Ya hice espacio, ya hice lugar para tu humanidad. No para que justifiques y continúes haciendo mal, pero simplemente yo hice pacto contigo y decido bendecirte de acuerdo con tu obediencia, los puntos de obediencia y aquello que yo te prometí. Tus caídas y faltas no te descalifican de un pacto que yo hice contigo. And that's powerful. That's revelation. Because... Where we're going, we need to understand that God is so willing to use the likes of you and I in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of the fact that sometimes we mess it up, that sometimes we offer him the work of our own hands and say, is this good enough? Because this is all I got. And he says, no, that's not all you got. Nice try. I can't accept that, but I'm not going to disqualify you. Here's what I want from you because I see the finished product. I know what you can be. I know what your potential is. I put my divine nature inside of you. Therefore, I have empowered you. I just need you to quit focusing 
on the stuff that happened, on the old stuff, on, on the junk that doesn't matter, and focus on what I can do in you and through you. I will bless you based on your potential. Too many of us declare that we're blessed, but we're doing nothing about it. And we're running from a call and from potential. God is trying to tell you, I need you to rise. There's a reason why you're still here. There's a reason why you're still around. I have kept you for a greater purpose. Don't get caught up in the past. Don't get caught up in the mistakes. Don't live in shame and disqualify yourself. I see you through a different lens. Que declares que eres bendecida, bendecido no importa. Si ahí te quedas parado. Si ahí te detienes, huyendo de un llamado, huyendo de la posibilidad, del potencial que Dios ha puesto en ti, cuando en ti puso su naturaleza divina, en ti puso toda la capacitación, todo lo necesario, todo recurso. Lift your hands right now. Somebody's getting this. Somebody's getting a revelation right now. Somebody's getting a revelation right now. And what happened before the word came was God setting the stage for you by filling you right now in this house, by saturating this house with your presence, his presence, so he could usher you into this revelation. Come on, worship the Lord, church. Somebody needs to get this right now. Alguien necesita captar esto. La razón por la cual su espíritu se movió de tal manera en este lugar fue para confirmarte por su espíritu Lo que la palabra ahora te declara. In Jesus' name. I was in the office thinking about this. He came to the world. The world didn't know him. Estaba en la oficina pensando, eso vino al mundo, el mundo no le conoció. He came to his own. His own didn't receive him. His own people didn't receive him. There's churches today. He's still knocking on the door trying to get in. There's individuals today still knocking on the heart's door. They, they won't let him in. Vino a los suyos y los suyos no recibieron. Hay iglesias todavía donde él todavía está tocando la puerta y no le dejan entrar. Corazones de individuos donde todavía sigue tocando la puerta y no le dejan entrar. But, but, in that same wonderful revelatory chapter where we know that the flesh, that, 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 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, the word was God, and all of that revelation. And we always jump to verse 14, and the word was made flesh, right? And we teach and preach oneness like a madman or a woman. Listen to this. Vemos ese capítulo tan, tan digno de atención. Por la revelación que en el principio era el verbo y el verbo era con Dios y el verbo era Dios. Y vamos al 14 que dice que el verbo se hizo carne. But we forget in the between where it says, but to those that did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. We forget that part. You understand what that means? Let me, let me, let me take you. Can I go a little deeper? Pero dice también los que sí la recibieron. So there's some people, they're going to be crazy enough to say, I got it. I'll get it. I think ICF is one of those places where, where we're just going, okay, God, do your thing. I will become 
And I will have the power to be one of your sons and daughters. But following that, it moves right into the discourse. And the word was made flesh. And we don't make the connection. We're a little retarded hermeneutically. Because contextually, we're ignorant if we cannot make the connection between the fact that we are the sons of God because we received him and now the word is made flesh. He dwelt among us. Well, let's get it a little better application for you and I. It's not just that, he, that it's God manifest in the flesh. It is that God is manifested in this flesh too. He wants to manifest in this body. He's trying to tell you, look, as raggedy as you are, I still choose to manifest my presence in your flesh. Are you listening to what God is saying? I chose to robe myself in flesh, but I have chosen to robe myself also in your flesh so you can also manifest me. And that's a good application. So divine nature, because the word that is God now dwells in you and I. What does that tell you? He chose to take upon himself the form of a servant in the similitude of man. Philippians 2. It's in there. El, el se manifestó en carne. El se humilló y tomó La forma de un siervo a la semejanza de un hombre, del hombre. And I'm sitting in the office. He, and he, he wrapped himself so well inside of me, inside of us, inside of man. Y Dios se entretejió tanto con el hombre de esa manera. Divinity. Divine nature was infused and we were made partakers of divine nature. Are you listening? I'm preaching to you the word of God. We are partakers, Jim, of divine nature. Somos partícipes. Él se entretejó tanto con nosotros. Somos partícipes. De su naturaleza divina. How crazy is that? This is how much he put, how much he invested in you. He actually birthed himself through a human body. Él se dio a luz por medio de un cuerpo humano. Not only that, <laughs> he drank the milk he created. <laughs> Think about it. He drank the milk he created and the wine. Y el vino tomó la leche que creó. Se dio a luz por medio de un cuerpo humano. He forced himself to relate to us and became a priest that cannot... He, 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 he knows, he, he's very cognizant of our infirmities. He, he knows what we go through. 
He was tempted in every way like us. And he set the tone for that. But what he was saying is, I got you. I know you're going to mess up. I know you're going to take hits. But I made a covenant with you. We're going to handle that as we go. But in the meantime, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving on to our destiny. We got, the pastor said it, there's destiny in this house. There's always destiny in this house. There's always destiny where there's a covenant. There's always a place by him. Because of covenant. Y Dios está declarándonos aquí hoy. Todo eso lo hice. Me rebajé. Me humillé. Yo sé exactamente lo que pasas. Yo sé exactamente. Yo también fui tentado exactamente como tú. Yo también sufrí en mi carne. Me hice carne para sentir lo que tú sientes. Para poder conectarme contigo y entender tu humanidad. Y la acepto. Y con todas tus fallas. No las voy a usar en tu contra. Vamos a trabajar con ellas. Con tus caídas. Con tus errores. Pero al mismo tiempo. Porque yo hice pacto contigo. Vamos a ir a la meta. Vamos a ir a nuestro destino. Hay destino en este lugar. El pastor lo declaró. Hay destino. Siempre cuando hay un pacto con Dios. So. He blesses you. Because he's not concerned what you are right now. He sees what you can be. That's why you can't find a fault in Romans 4 or Hebrews 11. And yet, in the Old Testament, they're messed up, man. Él te ve de acuerdo con tu potencial. God's trying to tell us something here. First of all, we need to move past what we've been and what we are. Necesitamos movernos hacia adelante. Tenemos que dejar lo que éramos o hemos sido y lo que somos ahora. We need to Fight and press to become who he sees through that lens. Tenemos que empujar, impulsarnos para ser aquella persona que él ve. Every time he looks at you, when you're still entangled with the shame of your failures, you know what? He's looking at you in your ideal state. There was enough blood shed to cover all that nonsense. Again, he's not giving you license to continue being a knucklehead. He's just saying, look, let's just fix this. Let's grow. Let's move forward. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the final destination. Let's become vessels of honor. Let's go ahead and be used of God. Let's move on to Bellwood and on to take the city and take the world. Let's go where he sees us already. Esa razón, amados, Él está tratando de ayudarnos a, a entender. Tenemos que dejar lo que fuimos, lo que somos, hay que dejarlo también. Tenemos que luchar para ser la persona que Él ve en aquel lugar, en el potencial de nuestro destino. Tenemos que ir mientras tú estás enredado y embatallado, y como dicen los colombianos, emberracado. 
¿Verdad, Paula? Embarracado, emberracado. Uno de los dos. Something like that. Did I cuss? Okay. She's looking at me like a deer in the headlight. That's a Colombian word. Come on now, Colombiana. Ah, bueno, entonces su merced. Anyway. Ahí andamos. Enredados con toda esa basura de nuestros fracasos y caídas y todos los errores. Y Dios está parado aquí viéndote en tu estado ideal. Está diciendo, ya deja eso. Lo vamos a arreglar. Vamos a arreglar ese asunto. Pero enfócate en lo que yo veo. Enfócate en lo que yo he declarado para tu vida. A lo que yo le he hablado y declarado vida y no muerte. Come on, God says, I don't care how dead it looks. Listen. Whatever it is, not the devil, not anyone or any circumstance, what God has anointed to live, nothing can kill. You were anointed to live and to live an abundant life and to reach your destination. And if God anointed it to live, nothing can kill it. Lo que Dios ha ungido para que viva, nada lo puede matar. Ninguna circunstancia lo puede matar. Some of you have had brushes with death and you're still here. God had a reason for that. Or that bullet would have had your name on it. That knife would have had your name on it. That situation, that disease would have had your name on it. But you're still here because God said you will live and not die. with my introduction stand to your feet pause for a commercial it is not faith that you need as much as hope Faith is inherent within the covenant as it is applied. But faith remains dead without hope. Listen to me. No es fe la que necesitas. La fe vive dentro del pacto que tú has aplicado a tu vida. Lo que necesitamos aquí es esperanza. Hebrews. 11. Ready? Watch this. Keep watching. Don't go anywhere. Now faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, is the substance of of things hoped for. Faith is the substance inherent within the thing that hope considers. 
a possibility. Faith doesn't have a job without hope. And the problem is not that you don't have faith. It's there. But it can't work until you get it. Until you understand. You got to have hope. And you're here because evidently you did or do. Now, some of you real theologians are going to call me later now. Forget about it. I'm not answering your call. La fe ya reside en nosotros, pero es la esperanza la que la activa. La esperanza en aquella posibilidad es lo que activa la fe. That's why everybody has a measure of faith. But we place limitations on what that faith will allow us to believe. Because we can't get... We can't hope for more than what we settle for based on where we got our focus. I know, that was deep. No importa cuál sea la medida de fe que tengas, no puede crecer porque se basa y se limita a lo que tú captas como algo posible o cual esperanza tengas. called we were not called to be mediocre no fuimos llamados a ser mediocres can I say this I hope you understand what I'm about to say and my children all of them understand this very clearly because I taught them this from the beginning anointing and power with God has no pedigree. I don't care if your daddy casts 12 devils out a day. That doesn't give you my anointing. You're going to have to work for your own anointing. You don't get it because you're the bishop's kids. Not that I'm anything special. But what I'm trying to say is anointing is afforded to everyone based on their hunger and desire to have that relationship with God. I don't care whether you came from 400 Hood Street or you were raised in whatever Winnetka or whatever nice neighborhood it doesn't matter anointing has no pedigree God says I give to everybody the opportunity to get it you just need to get the relationship going and I will hook you up. I don't care whether, where you came from and you're just sitting here with an ankle bracelet and I'm parole. Or you got paid and you're living large. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you went to school for 12 years all the way to sixth grade. Or you got 12 doctorates. It doesn't matter. Anointing has no pedigree. Jesus. 
So here we have everything. We got doctors, we got blue collar, white collar, no collar. We got 40 something nations in here. None of that matters. El ungimiento de Dios no tiene linaje especial. No importa que seas pobre o rico, educado, maleducado, que vivas en el barrio debajo de un puente o que vivas en Winnetka, no importa. Me encanta porque hasta aquí tenemos el 5 de julio y Dios ama el 5 de julio. ¿Me oye, doña Berta? Usted es un vaso elegido de Dios. Gloria a Dios. Y sus hijas también. Listen to me. God sees you out of your potential. Stop living and placing limitations on yourself and on God when he says, I got you. This is what, how I see you. Let's get that vision. Let's get that lens fixed so we can move on to our destiny. The altar is yours. El altar es tuyo. Vamos a arreglar ese lente. Vamos a dejarnos ver como Dios nos ve. De acuerdo con nuestro potencial, el altar está abierto. And if you got to start with hope, then come on and get your hope. But you should already have grabbed it because this place is full of hope. Hope lives in this house because Jesus is here.